All right, here we are. How's Hello, my friend? <laughs> How am I? I'm um I'm reflective this week. Like I I'm just in the thick of it mentally and emotionally and I'm looking around and seeing a lot of other people in that same space. Yeah. Um, a woman that I worked with for eight years, she posted something yesterday about um, kind of struggling, just finding herself having a harder time than usual coping these past few weeks. And the response that she got was enormous because she's the person who's always upbeat. She is the person who's always, you know, she's like an avid athlete and she's just, she has this really stressful job um, where people are often not very nice to one another and it never gets her down. And so the fact that she acknowledged that she was struggling just made all like there was just this outpouring of people being like me too me too thanks for saying that and I've noticed it in my household that that we're just more easily annoyed with one another um even my husband who's like the you know consummately calm Brit he um for him he had sort of a British meltdown yesterday ah yeah, which basically, what, does like? what is a British meltdown? <laughs> it looks like him saying, can we talk about this later? Because I'm feeling resentful. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He had a feeling? And he had a feeling and he expressed it. <laughs> wow. It was, it really, um, it, it caught me off guard and, and uh, I just slowly backed away and said, mm-hmm, sure. Yep, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I And so then I started thinking about, okay, why is this happening to so many of us now? And then what what positive coping can I come up with? For myself and I mean I think the why I'm interested to know your thoughts on the why but I think that a big part of it is just feeling loneliness like we're heading into this part of the year where you know holidays are supposed to bring togetherness and right celebration and special times and yet what we also know is that many of us experience the holidays as one of the most stressful and lonely times of the year if it doesn't if we don't you know get to be with the people we'd like to be with or if we put too many expectations on it um and then the expectations don't pan out but i think we're just feeling that loneliness and knowing that i don't know about what michigan's doing but we're, we're not supposed to be with um, our more than two households and no more than six people. Um, so I think that's, I think that's part of it. What, what do you think? I, 
agree. I'm seeing it as well. Uh, Michigan's very similar, although it kind of came up Sunday evening as another go uh, governor announcement, not out of the blue. I won't say that. We've all been tracking the numbers, but a little surprised um, that it was so specific and, and asking everybody not to hold Thanksgiving um, and just to be very creative this year in different ways. And um, as of today, um, no in-person school for three weeks. So it's not quite stay at home, but very close. Um, all indoor restaurants are now closed. They can do takeout only. Um, mm -hmm. Retail was not shut down, thankfully, for the holidays. Um, but everything else practically is again. And anyway, it's just one of those take a deep breath moments. And, you know, there goes Isley again that loves to go to school, just having a puddle meltdown Sunday night. Um, yeah. Yet she rebounded on Monday uh, just because I let her talk sort through it. Um, I think maybe she's beginning to get a little, a little bit of flavor of what it takes for her to work on herself to be more resilient. So not a terrible thing. Um, but, but I really, you could just feel um, almost a sigh throughout the whole community of really <laughs> again and right now. As you said, it's a really hard right now. Um, I had a team event uh, yesterday online with a small group of about eight uh, people in a medical practice. And the exercise that I did with you last time about you know what you believe in, um, not a person um, believed in themselves mm. or the team. Um, yeah, so. Um, the why is it? I, it's nine months. Nine months. Um, the, irony, the irony is this particular practice is, uh, related to OB. And so I started to frame it a little bit with, isn't that interesting? You know, nine months is the typical pregnancy. Here we all are nine months into this and we feel like we've just had it up to here. Um, and, and I said, it's like having morning sickness for nine months. And yet what we don't talk about is even after you have the baby, then suddenly it's the sleepless nights and it's the colic and it's the fear of who the hell knows what, how to take care of that first baby, the panic. Um, and yet, you know, inherently you're getting to the other side of that. It might take a year or two, or in my case with Easton, three years before he slept through the night. And yet, you know, you're going to get through it and you're going to persevere and you focus on the love. You focus on the love. You focus on each moment. You adore that little baby. Um, and what I see people focused on right now is fear instead of love. I, I don't see people focused on the moment and just noticing. Given all the distractions and chaos, there is still great stuff going on in our lives every moment. If we just look up and around and notice some details, notice our blessings, be grateful. 
So I think the fear relates to people that are living in the past and the memories and they're sad that life isn't what it used to be, or they're afraid of the future. And if instead we can just focus on the present, the day, the sun, things can get a lot better. That is such a powerful analogy. And it has a meta quality to it because while you were talking, my baby went by crying. But fortunately, she didn't come over to me. She went to my dad. Oh, she knew that I was busy. But yeah, but it was kind of funny to listen to somebody wailing <laughs> down the hall. That is very. Um, that's. It's certainly easier said than done. And, and one of the things that I think um, is a powerful thought, you talked about fear. We are so afraid of the loneliness, afraid of suffering, right? And so we do a lot to try to avoid that mm-hmm. versus what if we just allow ourselves to feel it? What, what? if we're just like, I feel shitty. Right. I feel sad. Right. I feel lonely. But, but I think the slippery slope is how do you allow yourself to feel it, but not just get completely bogged down in it. And, you know, so I don't know. I'm like thinking about how can I, how can I set a timer or something on my, on my woe? Uh Uh-huh. Like I need a woe timer. Uh-huh. And then I just go sit and feel it. Uh-huh. And then it's like, okay, uh-huh. my timer went off. It's yeah. time to time to find the, the positive. It's time to, like you said, find the love instead of the fear. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's time to you know, call it interesting that that came up for me. And how do I move it up from the fear to a, what do I love? What am I grateful for? Um, I inherently believe regardless of what our fears are or how bad our day is, um, there's somebody out there that has a greater fear, greater pain, whether it's physical or emotional, um, or, or going through some real trauma, real mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, I, I just try to think about who might be out there um, truly suffering and, and try to share some love with them and send some good vibrations their way or some prayers their way or or whatever you believe in yeah you know one of the things that I find can really impact whether you can cultivate that resilience and and seeing the the good around you is who you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. um I've noticed that more so I feel like in 2020 than in any years prior. Um, And I'm seeing it right now at my work where there are some pockets of um, just mean girl behavior and a mean girl culture. And people tend to show up ready and committed to seeing the worst in one another um and it I I need to figure out how to help um 
change it. And I and I've done that many times in my career, and and yet and and here I am again. And what I was thinking about was how fortunate I feel that I have probably four solid groups right now. Not that I see most of them, but just groups of women that show up ready to cheer me on, show up ready to bear witness to, you know, whatever is going on for me. I'll give you an example. Um, I have this, this mom squad. That's what we call ourselves when we have an open text string that I swear they are like my 411 on everything. The minute like the governor sends out an update, I get like 10 texts about it from the mom squad. Like it's, they are amazing. Um, they've given me every good idea for how to spend our time um, this during the pandemic. Anyway, um, Amelia, I have to keep my voice down so she doesn't hear me, but she got some new dance tights and they're still doing socially distant dance. And so she was going to dance the other day and I was getting my cavity filled. Um, and so I wasn't here. She loves these tights so much that she didn't want to cover them up. She went to dance with just a t-shirt and tights. No underwear. <laughs> yeah. So um, she comes home and she's wearing these shorts that are not her shorts. I'm like, Hi, honey, what's going on? She goes, look, um, my teacher gave me these cool shorts. Don't you like them? And I said, yeah, why'd she need to do that? And she's like, um, and then she burst into tears. She's like, I didn't know that I couldn't just wear tights and everyone was making fun of me. And she said, actually, her teacher was laughing about it with some of the older kids. Were you laughing or crying? I didn't. I, I felt really bad for her because she was definitely feeling ashamed, you know, ashamed and embarrassed. But fortunately, the first thing I did was text my mom squad and they just immediately, like they're always there to, you know, find both the humor and they were feeling badly for her. But then I told her about this memory I have of myself in first grade. I had this pink gingham like square dancing dress. I don't know where I got it, but I wanted to wear that thing every day. Yes, because I was obsessed with Dolly Parton. That's probably why. Good. So that's God, Gwen, you're right. That's that is exactly why I wanted to wear that dress every dang day. So one day, I think my mom was really distracted because she had just had my twin brothers. Uh. I went to school wearing that dress and no underwear. <laughs> and <laughs> which wouldn't have been that bad, except that I went on the monkey bars. <laughs> and I was doing that thing, you know, where you get up on the bar and then you kind of like flip forward. Yeah. I was really proud of my ability to do that. And uh, yeah, so I ended up with, you know, my dress over my head and my butt in the air. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that made Millie feel better. And I, of course, told my mom squad about that memory as well. 
And it's just, that is the key, is having women that are not going to compete with you, that are not intimidated by your success, that are not judgmental of your weakness or your failure. And I don't know, that's like the most powerful courage serum and salve. It definitely is. And and what I read though, and I struggled with at work is when those things are that competitive crap comes up at work, um, it's just as much about me as it is the others. Mm-hmm. And so I think a trick is to figure out how we can show up at work in naturally competitive environments, but yet show up more in a way like we do with our mom squads or like mm-hmm. you and I do. Um, mm-hmm. And how do you do that? And just bring your vulnerable, goofy, loving self into a meeting so it doesn't incite all the mean girl stuff um, and still have credibility and get your work done. And I, I really think that's a trick. And, and what I have found is when there are women at work that I would naturally um, compete with, um, it goes both ways. Offline, if I would start to have a relationship with them and just have these kind of happy hour kind of conversations, um, they were typically different kind of people. And sometimes we get to have some deeper level conversations to the point where we really did ultimately grow a relationship that I never thought was possible. So I I think that's some of it. And I'm definitely not an expert in it. I struggled with it myself. Um, But I have to ask myself as we go into the future, you know, how am I going to show up differently when the drama starts? You know, I'm, I'm part of that drama circle myself just because I'm there in the room or I'm there on an email. That's really good. I, you're making me think about questions I could ask myself and um, ask the people in the environment, you know, like what's coming up for me right now? Why do I suddenly feel threatened? Is that threat real? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of times we feel slighted and, and so to say, is this person really trying to slight me? Yeah. yeah. And at what point do you ask questions in the room? Hey, time yeah. out. What, what's going on here? Yeah. Say more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. What's but you can't say it in a... What's coming up for you? Yeah. What's coming up for you? Guys? I'm noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Am I imagining it or... Mm -hmm. Um, I've also wondered, do you ever take a time out in a meeting when it gets a little tense and and just say, hmm, maybe we need to spend 30 seconds on what we're all grateful for and just kind of raise it up a little bit. I I literally see the below the line behaviors and the above the line behaviors. And do you ever just call it out? Yeah, we don't. I mean, that's not the culture right now. Um, so there's some work to do. Mm-hmm. But it does make me that much more grateful for my mom squad, my 
house of estrogen, which is what my best friends from college, we called ourselves. That's awesome. In fact, that's our text title is HOE, which is <laughs> kind of funny in and of itself. Um, and then I have a new group um, that are my, they're my packed with pride ladies. And we've all been together since March where we just showed up, you know, to, oh, right. to do the, you wow. know, uh, boxes of food for the families in our community. And I, these women, they're like, uh, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes the hard stuff easy and exciting. And um, it just provides you with that relationship that you need. I'll go back to your comment earlier. Um, that's not the culture right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder what it takes to start to shift the culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, as we know about change, the way it is now has to be more painful than the pain to become different together. Mm -hmm. But it is pretty, I mean, It's, it's uncomfortable a lot of the time. And so I, I feel motivated to help change it. But to your point, I have to also, I have to look inside myself and say, what am I, what's my piece in this? Mm -hmm. And yeah, take whatever accountability for that. That's appropriate. Um, and then just try something, try a little something. Um, what's the worst that can happen? The mean girls laugh at you. Oh, well, <laughs> they're laughing at everybody already. Yeah, there's not really any, I wouldn't say, at least in my direct team that I don't, there's not a lot of mean girl, but there's, if they're in the broader, organization, there are pockets of that. I think that in my own team, it's really more about just not having that trust. There's not, there's not a good level of trust yet. And so um, I think it holds us back from having the real conversations. So that's the work. You know how you plan to help build trust? I assume you've done it before in previous positions. I think that I need to make personally, my, my part of it is some of the team I know well and some of them I don't at all. So I need to make some inroads. I need to make some um, overtures to the people that I don't know very well. Okay. And I think what you were talking about with the gratitude, like, I think I need to find and express some gratitude for each of the roles that people play. Um, it's so funny how a lot of the issues in life we make them very complicated, but it comes down to just bothering ourselves. Like I need to just bother myself to reach out a little bit more. Go a little step farther. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And to think about, you know, we've probably done this a thousand times before. 
maybe it took us forever to do it every time. Maybe we could do it a little bit faster this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, another, um, in team building, there, there's this concept you've probably heard about of uh, storming, norming, and forming. Yeah. And I think we're at the tail end of storming okay. and we need to do the norming and then we can build on that. But we don't, we haven't set forth the norms yet. And so, and I think that's about to happen. Okay. So, um, but, but I think our, this conversation has helped me uncover what is my piece in the, in the norming. I need to show up and create the norm of reaching out, bothering myself, being curious about the people that I don't as naturally connect with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause maybe you will connect really easily with them and you just don't yet know that. Something's holding you back a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, and I think part of it is being new. You know, I'm still pretty new. And so I don't, um, I don't want to step in it. Yeah. Because it's a pretty cool gig. Like, I'm really happy to be there. Yeah. So I want to, I don't want to make too many waves and get yeah. kicked out. Of the I would step in it by reaching out to people to get to know them better. No, you're right. I should just do it. Well, here's a funny for you. I, I absolutely know how hard all this stuff is. Um, and a lot of it is just habit. And the mm -hmm. habit we don't even understand. You know, we've talked about that before. So this week I was noticing um, that after trying for the last six months to, when I turn to brush my teeth, get the toothpaste on and, and start brushing, um, I know I need to brush for like two minutes. You know, we all should, right? And yet, like 10 seconds in, every time my left hand goes over to turn the water on. And I'm like, what the hell? I, I'm gonna sit here and let this water flow for almost two minutes? Where, where did this habit come from? It probably came from way back when, when I probably didn't brush for two minutes. It was probably a 10 second brush. And I, how many years have I let that water flow? And I've been working on this for six freaking months. I'm like, why is this so hard? So, that is so, well, especially that's funny to me because we just went to the dentist and three out of four of us had cavities and this side of my face is still swollen from getting my stupid cavities filled two days ago. So yes, I'm sure I'm probably brushing for 15 seconds. <laughs> so check your water bill. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. Okay. That's a good, you know what I've heard? I need to do this for myself. You get those little sand timers. And you brush for as long as it takes the sand to, to come out of it. I need to do that. I need to do that. But these habits are so ingrained and you start noticing things, trying to be yeah. in the moment and you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna drive myself crazy about brushing my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny that that's, now I'm gonna think of you whenever I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and flossing. In fact, this is terrible. I always, the day before I go to the dentist, I floss so that when they ask me, have you been flossing? I can say yes. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> and then they ask how often? I just don't answer. Oh, 
I bought a water flosser because I can't stand the string stuff. Just mm. can't stand it. My teeth are tight and I've got these permanent retainers behind and it's just not possible. Again, in my head, not possible. So I got the water flosser, but I still do the same thing you do. It's like the week before I'm like, you know, super, super woman flosser. <laughs> God. They'll come in and they're like, Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I hate the dentist, and yet I love my dentist. My dentist is so funny. In fact, the night before I went to get this filled, I had dreams that I my teeth started falling out, and I um and she was trying to go on vacation to Costa Rica, and I stalked her. Yeah, in my dream, I stalked her, and she has a twin sister who's actually my optometrist. <laughs> Oh my God. Isn't that a crazy small world? Yeah. Um, and her sister had to come up to me and be like, my sister is on vacation. You need to go away now. I told her about that. She That's thought it was so hilarious. Hard. I know. I know. I hate my, dreams. my dreams are so stupid and bizarre. Um, well, my friend, this has been really helpful. Thank you. I feel like I'm going to show up better at work. Thanks to you. Ah, likewise. I'll, I'll be thinking of you as I brush my <laughs> We're going to get these habits. We're going to notice. We're going to be present in the moment. And it might take years, but we'll kick butt. We'll get right? there. Yep. Got this.